This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Mac Weldon and by ExpressVPN. So let's start things off with some updates to two tech stories we talked about in our previous episode this week. And uh, yeah, sure, intentionally spraying Gorilla Glue all over your dang head and having all of your dang hair essentially frozen in carbonite doesn't exactly seem like a tech story, but uh, actually getting the glue out definitely is. Yeah. And we are happy to report that after living in shame for more than a month, Tessica Brown's head of hair has finally been freed from Gorilla Glue's death grip. Yeah, so good for her. Uh, deciding to use spray-on Gorilla Glue instead of simply going to the store or opening up the Amazon app and getting a new bottle of hairspray, it might seem like an incredibly stupid thing to do. And then going on the internet and begging for advice about her embarrassing situation might seem like just adding insult to injury, but hey, the results don't lie. Yeah. It worked. Now, the Gorilla Glue company itself was no help at all, nor were any of the suggestions from others about using rubbing alcohol or various oils, uh, nor was that trip to the ER, because I'm sure that the ER staff was, at this point, they're overworked. They're like, what? What? Gorilla Glue in, a, in hair? Get oh. the fuck out of here. Is this a prank? <laughs> Uh, but Tessica Brown's viral oopsie did manage to attract the, uh, the attention of a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon who was willing to take on the task for free. Though Dr. Michael Obang says the procedure would normally cost $12,500, but uh, obviously this kind of attention is priceless. And so he did it pro bono, and he also let TMZ into the operating room, uh, probably for a good chunk of change. I, I'm sure. It's a win-win-win for mm-hmm. everyone. Uh, so the whole thing took four hours, and Dr. Obang says he has a chemistry background, so it was really just about basic chemistry. He saw that the main ingredient of Gorilla Glue is polyurethane, so he tested out various medical-grade solvents that would work on polyurethane, and he did it on samples of real human hair, similar to Tessica's hair, mm. that for some reason was also attached to a, d- a dummy human skull. It doesn't seem sure. like he needed to do that, but I don't know. You're the expert, buddy. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not yeah. have a few practice takes in there? Uh, In the end, the procedure involved a combination of medical-grade adhesive remover, aloe vera, olive oil, and acetone. Uh, He also gave Tessica some steroids to deal with the inflammation that the whole ordeal was creating for her scalp. Now, Tessica did have to have her ponytail chopped off before going to the uh, procedure, so not everything was salvaged. But this is still a happy ending compared to her, her having to just live like this and potentially deal with much worse consequences later. Uh, and as, as an update to rumors that Tesca is planning to sue Gorilla Glue, uh, turns out Tesca has no such plans. So there you go. Uh, we'd imagine that she probably just wants to move past all of this uh, for now. Uh, and it, as, a, as a bonus, she was able to scoop up a, a pretty significant amount of social media followers yeah. in the whole ordeal. But she did, in interviews I saw with her, she seemed really bummed out about people making fun of her. Like, I, I, no, I, look, I tried. <laughs> yeah, I messed up, but like... <laughs> What am I supposed to do? Jeez. And it all worked out. Like yeah. her getting attention to the situation ended up being a net positive yeah, because mean, she got it taken care of. And it's a good rule for life. Like, uh, you know, as, as embarrassing as some things might be, sometimes you just got to ask for help. Yeah. And then in like a decade or so when they, they do the inevitable Where Are They Now 2021 yeah. edition to be on stage right there next to uh, uh, the Bean Guy and someone who are Mr. Bone, Ken Bone. Yeah, Mr. Ken Bone. Uh, and I just hope that with her newfound following, she doesn't, you know, keep getting into medical emergencies as a bit. Yeah, I don't think she will, <laughs> but yeah, that would get real old real fast. Uh, for her especially. Oh, no. How did, oh, geez. I I'm on fire. Again. Please. Help. Uh, anyway, in another update to a story we talked about last time, uh, turns out that that Florida water treatment facility that was hacked and almost had its entire municipal water supply poisoned by the hackers uh, didn't really have the best cybersecurity practices. Oh, you don't say. 
I am so shocked. <laughs> According to the FBI, quote, the cyber actors likely access the system by exploiting cybersecurity weaknesses, including poor password security and an outdated Windows 7 operating system to compromise software used to remotely manage water treatment. The actor also likely used the desktop sharing software TeamViewer to gain unauthorized access to the system. Wow, it's almost exactly like we said uh, on the previous episode. Uh, municipalities and local governments aren't exactly up to speed on the latest tech, security no. patches, and security protocols in general. No, no. And uh, usually they just buy one version of the software for an entire crew of people. And they're like, look, just don't tell anyone, but there's one login. Yeah, we got one login. Like, what do you look, want us to sit here and spend a bunch of money on license keys? I don't want to have to send out an email every couple days with the new passwords. Just, yeah. just don't don't give away the password. Yeah. Uh, anyways, a report from the state of Massachusetts about the incident, based on their discussions with the FBI, says that, quote, all computers shared the same password for remote access and appeared to be connected directly to the Internet without any type of firewall protection installed. What did yeah. you think was going to happen? Yeah. yeah. So obviously this was just something that was waiting to happen, and it sounds like this is a much larger problem across the entire municipal water industry. Uh, Leslie Carhart of cybersecurity company Dragos told the Associated Press, in the industry, we were all expecting this to happen. We have known for a long time that municipal water utilities are extremely underfunded and under-resourced, and that makes them a soft target for cyber attacks. I deal with a lot of municipal water utilities for small, medium, and large-sized cities, and in a lot of cases, all of them have a very small IT staff. Some of them have no dedicated security staff at all, and that makes sense. Like we said before, a lot of IT stuff, especially when there isn't a budget to go around, is mostly reactive and not proactive. Like, yeah. hey, my monitor won't turn on. Can you please come fix it? Okay. You no, know, if I was a cybersecurity person, I would intentionally be hacking water treatment places and be like, oh, wow, did you see what all you water treatment places need? Was that, uh, would that be gray hat hacking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they, they're, they're black hat hacking so that they can come in and save the day as well? I mean, a lot of hacking is literally just, like, to prove a point, like, yeah. fix your shit, have better cybersecurity. But you could really take it a step further by just essentially doing a false flag and being like, I will save you. you. Yeah, but we're not saying to do that. No, that mm -hmm. would be illegal. But yeah, the, the doomsday scenario here with just the entire country's water supply yeah. just open to being hacked would be China or Russia or Iran or whoever doing this same kind of thing, but at a much wider scale across the entire U.S. water supply. Uh-oh, no more water. <laughs> Operation Scarecrow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, whoever attacked this plant in Florida was literally caught in the act by the guy whose computer was commandeered. Probably a, just a goof. Yeah. A very dangerous goof. But mm -hmm. a nation state would presumably be a lot more careful. Uh, they also might already be inside and could be ready to just fuck shit up whenever they want. Mm -hmm. Like a kill switch. Uh, from the AP, laying booby traps that could be triggered in an armed conflict is another matter. Russian hackers are known to have infiltrated U.S. industrial control systems, including the power grid, and Iranian agents are blamed for the breach of a suburban New York dam in 2013. But there is no indication any logic bombs have been activated, as Russia did in Ukraine when military hackers briefly brought down parts of the electrical grid in the winters of 2015 and 2016. And it gets cold there. So it's not it great. You need that power. But hey, uh, we've got plenty to worry about aside from potentially drinking tap water that's been turned into Drano by hackers. COVID-19 is still thriving in this country. And uh, it, it, was, it certainly was pointed out to me that we did our recap of January 2021. We're like, insurrection, all this stuff that happened, uh, second impeachment. And they're like, you didn't even mention that 3,000 people a day were dying of coronavirus. And that's how bad this has gotten, where it's just an everyday thing. And you're like... Well, that's just the life we're living, I guess. It's just background tragedy for all the, all the rest of the tragedy. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, sure, you can look at these recent graphs and be impressed by the fact that new cases are at around 100,000 a day compared to the peak of 300,000 a day at the beginning of January, and deaths and hospitalizations seem to be on the decline as well. But 3,000 deaths and uh, 100,000 new cases a day are still pretty terrible considering we're just weeks away from the one-year anniversary of COVID arriving in the U.S. And uh, I don't know if it's just like the fact that the anniversary is coming up or what, but I, I have been just just sad <laughs> like it's I'm, yeah i'm finally getting to the point where i'm like actually losing my fucking mind and i'm yeah. surprised it lasted this long it's i mean like and like we're old for people who are young like this is making up a large percentage of your life like your entire yeah, life a year of your prime is gone yeah this is like a very formative period and it's just like it sucks well from what i i mean look i'm not putting everyone in the ba- the basket but from what i've seen young people do not care about this at all yeah. I'm sure a lot of you are taking precautions, but it doesn't seem as though no. that's the case. And look, it's great that there's less deaths. Hopefully that's because people 65 and older and hopefully 55 and older and then, you know, eventually down to us are getting vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, good news. My aunt got her second vaccination yesterday. Okay. So this, the, I, part of my family's cool. Well, maybe their responsibility will uh, counteract the irresponsibility from the other side. They live in different states. Yeah. It'll. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, and uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, vaccination is happening, but it's not happening fast enough. And there isn't enough actual doses to go around, at least in some places. In other places, there's too much to go around. But then doctors will be like, okay, well, I'll just give them to, like, my friends and family uh, so they don't go to waste. And then the government's like, no, no. you're (laughs) You're in trouble now. And you have committed a crime. (laughs) So stupid. Um, But here in L.A., they're literally closing a bunch of the vaccination sites, including the big one at Dodger Stadium, because they've literally just run out of doses. There's not enough. Which is insane because literally, okay, I get it. There's, I mean, it's a good problem to have, I guess, but like... They're giving out the vaccine, which is great. Uh, it seemed as though LA in particular didn't really have a plan for the second booster, which I think is the reason that there's so few right now. Well, no, they have enough to give a second booster to everyone who's already got yes, it. They yes. just realize that if they keep giving out first doses, yeah. then they would have a problem. But uh, it's also, it's just like... It's so strange to see that the day before this announcement, there was also the news that was like, hey, we got 7,000 uh, doses today and there's nobody in line. Come and get it. And then they were like, oh, but only if you're over 65 or a medical worker. Yeah, it's, I mean. It just seems pretty chaotic, I guess is what I'll say. The whole thing across the country could be much better streamlined. Like, I haven't haven't checked into, like, how it's going in, like, Germany or France, but mm-hmm. I, or, or, or even Canada. But I imagine, like, there's a lot less vagueness to all of it. Because it's still, like, it's very hard to get actual information from the government on, like, when can I get vaccinated? Yeah. It's a lot and of it's through third-party sources. And through uh, internet, uh, like, sign-up stuff where people over the age of 65, you know, a lot of them are connected, but a lot aren't. And are just like, how do I make an appointment? Yeah, that's true. The people who need this the most have the least ability to actually get it through the, uh, the what, means that they've what set What button on my jitterbug do yeah. I have to press to get the vaccine? touch tone? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, meanwhile, there's a variant of this virus, one of several variants, but this one was first identified in South Africa, and it's officially made it into the U.S. It's potentially a lot more contagious, and uh, it also might be different enough that the existing vaccines don't work nearly as well as preventing it. There's not a lot of hard data on that, but there was one study where it was like, it looked pretty bad. Yeah, the Moderna vaccine, it wasn't very good at it or something. I can't remember, but it was like, yeah, uh, the sample size was way too small, but it was like, yeah, based on what we've done so far, like the South African one might 
be vaccine proof. Every time there's a little bit of hope, I get punched in the face with the reality and I'm fucking tired of it. Yep. Anyways, the U.S. also recently hit a very morbid COVID milestone. Uh, the first sitting member of Congress to die from the disease. Representative Ron White of Texas was 67 years old and had a lot of comorbidities, including lung cancer. And look, this is obviously tragic for his family and his friends. But much like with Herman Cain, who, if you remember correctly, also died but over the summer last year, mm -hmm. uh, Ron White's public statements in the days and weeks leading up to his death about how we should be reopening schools, they do make it just a little bit hard to sympathize. Now, to be fair, Herman Cain's posts were worse. And the fact that whoever runs his account now just keeps posting uh, about how COVID isn't a big deal is way worse. Yeah, with Herman Cain, it was like basically posting like, come and get me coronavirus, you little bitch, and then dies. And then random, I don't know who, his staff takes over the account and like, come and get me coronavirus, you little bitch. And like, sir, you are dead. You are dead, sir. Yeah. Anyways, uh, with no end in sight for this disease, uh, what are we even supposed to do? Like, what even can we do? Well, uh, if you've been following all the health guides, guidelines already and you've been wearing a mask in public, um, I don't know, how about you wear two masks? Just now? like I wear two condoms. <laughs> two masks. There you go. Two masks. Yeah. That's what the CDC is recommending after conducting a study that found that, uh, yeah, two masks, you're not going to believe this. Two masks are better than one, mm -hmm. which makes a lot of sense. I mean, masks filter out air particles, but only to a certain degree. So more masks should equal more uh, filtration. Mm -hmm. uh, specifically, they say that wearing a cloth mask over a snugly fitted surgical mask is the most effective at blocking infectious aerosols in the air. Now, on the other hand, it sounds like KN95 masks, when worn properly, are still the best choice, but those can be hard to get a hold of and are more expensive than surgical masks. Go to Fry's. If you've got a Fry's Electronics near you, they have turned into a PPE super yeah, center. Yeah, their That's entire where, checkout line. It's insane. They have like they have like 10-gallon jugs of hand sanitizer. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've been able to keep a, a, a hand on KN95 because of Fry's. Yeah. Like their whole entire front area. But there's like, if you're buying online, there's a lot of counterfeits out there. Mm -hmm. Like you, they, they recommend like comparing the serial numbers and stuff to, like, a government website that checks if it's legit. So it's a mess. Just be careful. Look, just wear two if you're freeling. If, look. Yeah. Whatever makes you feel comfortable. Uh, so if you're especially worried about or you're at risk and want an extra sense of security when around other people, uh, this kind of double masking, it might be a good idea. Plus, then you can wear your medical mask and you can put your cool one with the logo on top yeah. of it. And you still get to wear your, your logo one that makes you your own person. That's fun. Yeah. My little piece of flair. Yeah. Now, a lot of people seem to be annoyed by these new CDC guidelines. What, are we going to wear four masks by the end of the year? Oh, wait, how about five masks? <laughs> They're going to have me wearing a fucking burka. Uh, they're really just more suggestions backed up by data, and that's understandable to a degree. But the main annoyance we can see coming out of this is uh, aggressively pro-mask people getting mad at you for just wearing one mask. Oh, just one mask, huh? I'd be like, literally, fuck, fuck off. off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just shut the fuck up. Huh, only one mask. You don't know how pissed off I am all day. Yeah. I am angry all all day. That's going to happen. Yeah. Like, but the thing, so here's what pisses me off about this whole thing, is they're like, it is February of 2021, and the CDC is like, guys, we did some tests, and it turns out two masks might be better. And they, look, it is impossible to quantify how many lives they could have saved by, I don't know, doing the test last March. Well, I don't know. Here's the thing. Like, I mean, I, I don't think a lot of the people who have died or gotten the disease are the type of person to put on two masks. Like, that's Dude, a very I, it's a giant type pool, of person. What is it, 400,000 now or something? It's like... It's a lot. There could have been lives saved by the CDC of like, a year ago being like, 
hey, what if we tried two masks? I, but yeah, I think this is, this is a response to the fact that there's like one half of this country and I guess one half of the world who's like actually doing what they're supposed to do. And if everyone did that, mm-hmm. things would be better. But the other half don't do anything so that now the people who are already, who are actually taking steps, the CDC's like, how about you take twice as many, uh, but do the, the, twice as much of that? The problem is the people, that, yeah, I'll go wear two masks and then I'm going to come in contact with some dipshit at the Trader Joe's who's just wearing a t-shirt over his face. Yeah. Which happens like all, like I have to physically show that I am moving out of their way to like, it, it just sucks. I like people just want it to be over with. Let's move on. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, a quick follow-up to another story from earlier this week. We're just all about the updates mm-hmm. now. Uh, we got a nice little sensible chuckle out of that lawyer on that Zoom call who couldn't seem to figure out how to turn off that dang filter that turned him into a cat. Mm-hmm. Everyone had a laugh. It was something lighthearted. Everyone could it agree was with funny. It's not liberal comedy. It's not conservative comedy. It's just funny, folks. Um, well... Unfortunately, no. Please, no, Elliot. This is the one thing I had this week. To uh, paraphrase the the great pixelated boat, the whole internet loves cat filter lawyer, a lawyer who can't seem to turn off his cat filter. Five seconds later, we regret to inform you the lawyer is a piece of shit. This is just like last week when we talked about how we didn't want to know what. C- I don't want to know the name of a CEO yeah. because I don't want to know, like the guy who made Celestial Seasonings. I don't need to know yeah. that the TM drinking believes in eugenics. Yeah. I don't need to know that Cat Lawyer is a piece of shit. I- my, my wife ordered a bunch of shit from Uline, that like <laughs> packaging company. She's just like, oh, man, these people are great. I'm like, oh, by the way, you, you sort of funded a bunch of Trump rallies, uh, which I've done as well. We've all, they are a great company, but their owner's a piece of shit. <sighs> Anyways, it turns out we got another milkshake duck on our hands. Cat lawyer, real name Ron Rod Ponton, uh, previously made the news back in 2014 when Reason reported on how, as a prosecutor, Ponton used his power to file bogus charges against a former lover and basically ruined her life and her business. Now, the woman's smoke shop was raided several times on false suspicion of selling drugs, and the woman herself was arrested several times. For literally no reason. Uh, so we'll leave a link to Reason's recap of the whole thing in the de- description below. But uh, we regret to inform you that Cat Lawyer is a piece of shit. So fuck Cat Lawyer. Actually, don't fuck Cat Lawyer. He'll ruin your life afterwards. Now, yeah. I f- now I'm worried for his secretary. He had like a one night stand with this woman in like 2003. And then like 10 years later, like no contact between them. He like, sounds like he was cyber stalking her. But he... Found out she ran a smoke shop and just decided to keep sending, like, federal agents there and, like, finding, like, weird charges where, like, she happened to own a gun and she had bought ammunition and he pulled up some obscure laws. Like, you're not allowed to buy ammunition while you're under investigation. That's a new charge. And, like, he just just piling shit on this woman's lap. And she finally, like, just decided to plead on some of the charges just to, like, get probation and, like, have this over with. But, like, it ruined her fucking life. Terrible person. I just wanted one thing this week. Nope, you can't. You can't <laughs> just, have it. Thank, but, uh, thankfully, though, we do have a new uh, Zoom oopsie, just as uh, the cat lawyer one was becoming a lot less fun. I even retweeted a cute picture of that someone drew. Uh, everyone's making memes about cat lawyer. He's like the new Sleepy Bernie, but like, nope, cat lawyer's a bad name. Anyways, new Zoom oopsie. <laughs> New, new Zoom oops, he just dropped. <laughs> During a House Financial Services Committee meeting on Wednesday, Representative Tom Emmer of Minnesota joined the meeting remotely and somehow came out looking like a disembodied upside-down head. Here you go. 
During COVID-19, we must make sure that our nation's sole proprietors and the smallest of small businesses receive timely Will the gentleman suspend? I'm sorry, Mr. Emmer? Yes. Are you okay? I am. Uh, You're um, upside down, Tom. I, I don't know how to fix that. Would Can someone he turn right Mr. Side Emmer up? and get him right side up? What's that cat? Yeah, Madam Chair, cat. Is this a metaphor? I don't know, but it's upside down. I, I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> it's a good dollar. FYI, you can stand on your head as well. <laughs> okay, the uh, at least he's not a cat. What's that? Yeah, you're going viral, Tom. All right, what did this guy fucking do? Well, I mean, he's a Republican member of All Congress, right. so it's like you can't really milkshake duck a politician who's already bad. Because you, I mean, you got to just assume they're all like bad people to begin with. Yeah. So it's actually, I can deal with this. I can accept this better. Look, I'm not going to lie. When the cat lawyer thing came out, I was like, something bad's going to come out about this guy. It just sucks to know that that has to come true. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't remember the details, but it's like even the case he was working at that time, like he was kind of trying to ruin someone's life. <laughs> uh, yeah. But hey, he went viral. Anyway, speaking of government stuff, uh, sounds like the long saga in which former President Trump tried to get TikTok completely banned in the U.S. is now officially over. Mm. Uh, as you'll recall, back in August, Trump signed an executive order giving TikTok six weeks to either sell its U.S. operations to a U.S. company or face the ban hammer. But uh, uh been a lot, lot longer than that. <laughs> um, and yeah, none of that happened because judges kept finding the whole thing unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. so the, the the best thing about Trump was that he couldn't do anything like legally in a legally sound way. Yeah. He would have gotten away. He would have managed to fuck shit up a lot more if he had better lawyers. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, eventually it looked like there might be a deal with Oracle and Walmart buying up some ownership of TikTok, but still not even nearly a majority, like, like 20% total. Um, and that was months ago. And I'd imagine the political uncertainty of the election and then the, you know, the new administration and how that would work out under them seems to have stalled that deal completely. So oh, no, the, the Walton it. family won't have part ownership of a gigantic social media app. I know it's terrible. Oh. Have they done anything bad? <laughs> Do I, am I going to have to stop standing the Walton family? Yeah, I think you might. I think you might, Elliot. You cancel. Don't look into it. <laughs> They're very bad. Yeah. Uh, anyways, according to the Wall Street Journal, the TikTok deal with Walmart and Oracle has been shelved. And it sounds like the Biden administration is basically starting over in evaluating whether TikTok and parent company ByteDance pose any national security threat to the U.S. A National Security Council spokeswoman told the journal, we plan to develop a comprehensive approach to securing U.S. data that addresses the full range of threats we face. This includes the risk posed by Chinese apps and other software that operate in the U.S. In the coming months, we expect to review specific cases in light of a comprehensive understanding of the risks we face. So the Biden administration might eventually go after TikTok, but it sounds like if they do, they'll wait until they have a much more airtight case that isn't going to be shot down by every judge that it goes before. And uh, a deal with Oracle and Walmart could still eventually come together. There's just no urgent need for it anymore, at least for now. And uh, yeah, it looks like TikTok wins. You know who would be good at this? My son, Hunter. He likes all the apps. We're going to put my oh, son, no. Hunter Biden, in charge of TikTok. He's going to end up like posting his dick. It's going to be a there's gonna be a new uh, There's going to be a new TikTok dance where you snort coke and then bang your uh, your dead brother's <laughs> wife. Yeah, the uh, the cocaine challenge. But yeah, meanwhile, TikTok, they're doing as good as ever. They're, they're up high on their horse. They just beat the former president. They're killing it. 
and uh, they are being they're so successful that Instagram is now using an algorithm for its real TikTok <laughs> ripoff to identify Reels videos that are literally just TikTok reuploads and like hide them from the trending page because it's just they're so embarrassed that you go to the Reels page and it's just TikTok reposts. Mm-hmm. They they made a fucking bot that can find the watermark and other stuff. Like very knock it down. Very cool how quickly they were able to develop, to develop this and not any kind of software that uh, identifies hate speech or anything like that. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> uh, anyway, speaking of social media, the anti-vaxxers and QAnon people, they, they just can't catch a break. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube have all cracked down hard on that kind of content. And Parler, the free speech site that was supposed to be their lifeboat, got kicked off Amazon Web Services in wake of the whole U.S. Capitol riot thing. Ooh. With few places to go, the Q crowd migrated to increasingly obscure platforms, and Clapper was one of them. <laughs> Clapper. Follow uh, me on Clapper. Uh, Clapper launched back in July as a free speech short video app, basically TikTok without much moderation. And in the past month or so, it has exploded with conservative social media refugees. And uh, yeah, sounds great, like great news for Clapper. But looks like even Clapper has now changed his mind a bit on free speech and uh, does not like what it has quickly become. Because, uh, yeah, that, they're now moving to ban QAnon and anti-vax content in a full audit of the platform's over one million videos. They don't <laughs> want that shit around. Yeah. I changed my mind about free speech. Uh, Clapper CEO Edison Chen told The Verge, We take this matter very seriously. After investigating, we decided to take action to remove and ban accounts regarding QAnon and misinfo about vaccines, which are against our mission. From today, if additional users were to post QAnon-related content, it will be removed. We have zero tolerance about QAnon. You know, we started out as a simple audio-based light switch company, <laughs> and who would have thought we would have evolved into this? Now, it's kind of funny how the pattern of social media platforms evolving views on free speech over the last year basically parallels the Charlie Goes America All Over Everybody's Ass episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia from way back in 2006. Elliot, why don't you tell people what you're talking about here? Yeah, so this is a great episode. It's season two, I think, but uh, basically Dennis, Mack, and Frank decide to make Patty's Pub a bar where anything goes. And things start off fun, but it eventually just evolves to the point where the bar is full of uh, the McPoyle brothers, a bunch of, like, heroin users, and uh, also a group of scary old gamblers who chain smoke and play Russian roulette. The normal bar patrons want nothing to do with any of this, because of course not. So Patty's turns into less of an anything-goes pub and more of just a place where drug addicts, degenerate gamblers, and weirdos hang out. At the end of the episode, a Russian roulette player shoots himself in the head, and the gang decides to reverse their policy because this is all uh, very bad for business. Yeah. That's basically social media in the 21st century. Yeah. They were ahead of the no time. No rules. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Wait, this okay. has turned into a terrible place. Shit. No one wants to come here. Yeah. Oh, uh, in other social media news, Twitter has now come out and clarified uh, that when they permanently banned Donald Trump, they meant that part about it being permanent. Uh, that includes even the hypothetical scenario of Trump running for president again in 2024. Twitter's CFO was asked about this on CNBC this week, and he said, The way our policies work, when you're removed from the platform, you're removed from the platform. Whether you're a commentator, you're a CFO, or you're a former or uh, current public official. Remember, our policies are designed to make sure that people are not inciting violence. And if anybody does that, we have to remove them from the service, and our policies don't allow people to come back. Uh, so it's, hard, it's hard to see him running for president again without Twitter. Social, like, it's not in, I'm sure it wouldn't just be Twitter. Mm -hmm. Like, although I'm sure all the rest, all the rest of those platforms are like, please run for president. You can post all of your things over here. Yeah. You can post whatever you want, Mr. Trump. Just don't have the TikTok watermark on the video. Yeah. Can't have that. No. But uh, as much as you might agree with Twitter 
on that thing, though, not all Twitter bans are equal. A lot of them are bad. Uh, for example, this week, the Indian government pressured Twitter to ban hundreds of accounts that criticized Prime Minister Narendra Modi and his government's conduct during the absolutely massive farmer protests that are happening over there right now. Uh, Twitter initially told the Indian government to fuck off. But then India threatened to throw Twitter's employees who are based in India into prison for up to seven years. So Twitter went ahead and complied. Jesus this sucks. We yeah. need to uh, deploy some kind of Argo type situation where we go over there and rescue them. The shit in India, it's wild. Like, uh, it's the biggest, I think it might be the biggest protest ever. I've seen the pictures. It's insane. It's like, basically all these farmers in the north came down in, like, caravans and have set up an entire, like, mobile home, like, tent city. Mm-hmm. They're, they're protesting. Like, the Indian government's deregulating the, the farming industry, which would, would mean the farmers get paid way less than they would otherwise. So they're obviously like, no, fuck that. We're already, like, one of the poorest classes of people in this country. Yeah. Pay us, uh, pay us what you've been paying us. Yes. Or we're all going to die. Uh, um, anyways, we got plenty more news for you, but it's time for a word from this week's sponsor, starting with Mack Weldon. The new normal uniform has a lot of us searching our closets and drawers for men's essentials that just aren't there. Instead of the usual business casual button-up and jeans, it's soft-knit polos, tees, joggers, and active shorts. Whatever men's basics you need, Mack Weldon has you covered with unmatched comfort and fit. Mack Weldon is a men's essentials company with socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, polos, and active shorts that promise comfort and a consistent fit. They look great. They feel great. From working out, going out, going uh, to work, or on a date, uh, sitting at home with the wife watching movies, Mack Weldon is for everyday life. I wear my Mack Weldon sweatpants, which I'm wearing right now. Mm-hmm. More like I, I might as well just throw away my... My real pants, my yeah. jeans. Like, why am I? Why would I wear jeans if I'm not leaving the house? I'm I honor their Mac entire Weldon. catalog. Yeah, I really do. Mac Weldon's wide range of customized fabrics can keep up with you no matter what your day looks like. And with Mac Weldon Blue, their totally free loyalty program, level one gets you free shipping for life. And once you reach level two by spending $200, you get 20% off every order for the next year. Mac Weldon wants you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it and they'll still refund you, no questions asked. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash Newsday and enter promo code Newsday. That's MacWeldon.com slash Newsday, promo code Newsday for 20% off. Mac Weldon, reinventing men's basics. This episode is also sponsored by ExpressVPN. How did you choose which internet service provider to use? Well, the sad thing is, most of us, we have very little choice because ISPs operate like monopolies in the regions they serve. They then use this monopoly power to take advantage of customers. Data caps, streaming throttles, and just the list goes on. But worst of all, many ISPs log your internet activity and sell that data on to other big tech companies or advertisers. To prevent ISPs from seeing our internet activity, we protect our devices with ExpressVPN. So what is ExpressVPN? It's a simple app for your computer or smartphone that encrypts all of your network data and tunnels it through a secure VPN server so that your ISP cannot see any of your activity. Just think about how much of your life is on the internet. Sadly, the list of people you've messaged, sites you visited, and videos you've watched gets tracked by tech giants who can then sell your information for profit. That's why ExpressVPN is the best way to hide your online activity from your ISP. You just download the app, tap one button on your device, and you are protected. ExpressVPN does all of this without slowing your connection. That's why it's rated the number one VPN service by CNET and Wired. So stop handing over your personal data to ISPs and other tech giants who mine your activity and sell off your information. Protect yourself with the VPN we trust to keep us private online. Visit expressvpn.com slash newsday. That is E-X-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash newsday to get three extra months for free. Go to expressvpn.com slash newsday right now to learn more. We just re- uh, re-upped for another year. 
Yeah. Love the service. Again, last week, forgot it was on. Only noticed when I went to like YouTube and it was like, hey, are you a robot? And yeah. I was like, what? No. Oh, ExpressVPN's been on for like a week. Yeah, I just keep it on. Yeah, it's great. I got it on my phone too. Yeah. Very, very easy to set up. <laughs> One time I had it on my phone. Uh, I, I was buying like crypto off of a site that does not operate in the <laughs> United States. And I, was, I left it on my phone. I'm like, why doesn't my uh, my maps work right now? And it was because they thought I was in Switzerland. <laughs> Need to get to the capital <laughs> of Belgrade. <laughs> uh, anyways, <laughs> that was like, what is... Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, back to the news now. And yeah. back to social media news in particular. So all this Capital Riot QAnon stuff has really done a great job exposing just how many social media platforms there are out there. Mm -hmm. Most of them are relatively empty until a mass exodus from another platform fills it with new users. But there are certainly many more social media platforms out there than we would have guessed just a few months ago. Clapper. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) maybe you're not looking for something new. Maybe you're looking for something old. Something really old. Something as old as me. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Well, for people our age, here's a shot of social media nostalgia straight to the dome. MySpace is back. Get your top eight ready. I uh, know we're not talking about that lame MySpace reboot from a few years back that was kind of a social version of Spotify. I believe Justin Timberlake bought it. Yeah. Uh, we're not even talking about MySpace, actually. Uh, an 18-year-old guy in Germany named Anne, who uh, was just a baby at MySpace's peak, has created Space Hay which looks and feels almost identical to MySpace circa 2004. The UI is the same, as is the insane amount of profile customization available to anyone with even basic HTML and CSS knowledge, which, if you came up during MySpace, you learned HTML for that reason. Yeah, I want an animated GIF rose on my profile. Every profile was hideous, but they were unique. Yeah. Can't do it. Like, Twitter's like, oh, do you want it to be blue or red for the the accent color? That's that's all you get. Day mode, night mode. On fucking MySpace, you could do anything. Yeah. You could make it illegible. <laughs> How hideous your page was was up to you. Yeah. Uh, there's even a top eight on this uh, this new website. Uh, the section of your profile featuring a hand-picked selection of eight friends to feature, which destroyed many IRL <laughs> friendships in the early 2000s. You took me out of your top eight, you fucking asshole. Uh, the only thing missing is MySpace Tom, but I think that Space Hay should put Tom as the first friend permanently. Well, this guy on, he's... Uh... He's doing the same thing as Tom, where it's like if you, he's your, automatically your friend if you ah, join. Okay. So he's in a lot of people's top eights. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, I don't know why he didn't do the same picture. He's like writing on the, on whiteboard. the whiteboard. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. classic. Anyways, on told Vice, I was only a few years old when MySpace was popular. I never came to use MySpace. However, thanks to older friends and the <laughs> internet, I heard a lot about it. I came to the conclusion that you can't find something like this nowadays, where everyone can be this creative. I feel so fucking old. Dude, I, so, yeah. <laughs> so he yeah, he looked at screenshots and archived web pages to get a feel for things, like some sort of internet archaeologist. And, like, he, he nailed it. I got to say, like, for having not actually, like, been conscious of this yeah. when it first existed and it being so long ago, like, it it's crazy. You go on space, hey, it's fucking MySpace. Yeah. And uh, based on On's friends list, there's over 70,000 users on space, hey, currently. And it looks like a lot of them are part of the same emo scene that dominated MySpace nearly 20 years ago. There you go. A lot of, like, musicians and, like, artists and whatnot. Remember that? Well, I can't even remember the name of it, but it was, like, Facebook's done. We're all moving to this, like, new... Friendster? No. Friendster is older than MySpace. Oh, uh... uh oh, Ello? God, or, yeah, Ello. So, something like yeah, that. I think it, it was something Ello. like that. And everyone's like, hey, set up my new profile over here. And everyone's just... Like, I was just like, yeah, good, good luck with that. Check back with me in three months. Let me know if you're logging in every day. You fool. And of course, Google was, Plus is the next big social oh, platform. Yeah. 
Uh, anyways, refreshingly, it seems like On is actually taking this pretty seriously beyond being just a fun project. He's saying he's actively moderating the site for hate speech and harassment and whatnot, which is a lot more than a lot of yeah. social media platforms that are popping up have been doing. And he's also been keeping users updated on things, both on his Space Hey blog and on Twitter. Now, as of now, there's no Space Hey mobile app, and honestly, it should stay that yeah, way. Yeah, don't make it. MySpace predated smartphones, and we were all better off not being able to post on there when we weren't at home on the computer. Although, mm, it was definitely on the sidekick. Oh, yeah. Shit. It's definitely on the sidekick. That was, yeah, you're, you're right. I, I will say, though, uh, as, as a part of feeling old, like, I had the most Matt Damon aging gif realization. It was, like, last night. I was reading uh, something on Reddit, and it was someone talking about how their kid, who is 20-something in college, was born in the year 2000, and refers to uh, people over the age of 30 as, like, Oh, you were bo- they were born in the 1900s, which is just fucking Fuck you, weird. <laughs> yeah. The 1900s. But isn't it wild that people born after the year 2000 are, like, getting into college now? It is crazy how time moves. <laughs> time do be moving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, God. And we're all losing an entire year or more. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. Anyways, in other news, uh, record labels are, of course, total killjoys nowadays. They're issuing DMCA takedown notices for stuff as petty as, like, five-second video clips on Twitter from five years ago that happened to contain a little bit of unlicensed music. Oops. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It sucks, but it especially sucks because it looks like cops are now using this knowledge to avoid accountability. I'll, get, I'll walk you into this. Yeah. How, what, are these, what does that mean? So a local activist here in L.A. who does a lot of live streaming recently visited the Beverly Hills Police Department to file a form to obtain body cam footage from a recent traffic stop that he was involved in. And he was, of course, live streaming. But as soon as Sergeant Billy Fair here notices that he's being filmed, he fires up his own phone and starts playing the sublime song Santeria. <laughs> the video is super strange, and we'd love to show it to you without or with the sound on, but we would get DMCA'd. And we would lose this video's revenue and might even get a copyright strike, which, very bad. And that is what this cop seems to be trying to do to the guy's live stream. Now, it didn't work because apparently Instagram Live's DMCA capabilities aren't as advanced as other streaming platforms. But that sure seems like what the cop was trying to do. And got to hand it to him. It's smart. It's clever. There's an old video... That's so, sort of like this where the it's a cashier fighting with someone and she just pulls her tits out oh, so yeah. that the person can't post it online so, so that she can get it taken down too. Um, you'll find it. Uh, Beverly Hills PD says that this isn't official department policy <laughs> yet, but uh, we can probably now look forward to cops blasting copyrighted music the next time there's a protest and they want to start brutalizing protesters. Bring out the sound cannons. Yeah, no, this is definitely going to happen and it sucks to know with 100% certainty that this is going to happen. Yeah, cops are just going to have like uh, like a Beats pill attached to their side. Yeah. And it's just going to be so odd. It's like the cop like beating someone to the tune of like Macarena. Yeah. <laughs> Can't post this. No. Uh, yeah, that's depressing. And here's some more depressing news. Uh, some Robin Hood news. I mean, they're of course being sued in a bunch of lawsuits regarding their suspension of trading for GameStop and other stocks in the middle of that huge Wall Street bet stock rally a few weeks back. But they've also now been sued for a much darker reason. Uh, back in June, a 20-year-old man named Alex Kearns was trading options on Robinhood, aka shorts and puts, which are a lot more confusing than simply buying and selling shares. Uh, too rich for my blood. Uh, he was new to options trading, which a lot of people are, and he did not understand the effect that a bunch of open options contracts 
can have on your account balance, or at least how it looks. His Robinhood app showed a negative balance of $730,000 when that really wasn't the case, but uh, he thought his life was ruined, so he fucking killed himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't kill himself immediately either. He reportedly reached out to Robinhood several times and never heard back. And he just assumed that he was fucked. Now, Alex's parents feel that Alex should have never been allowed to trade complicated options in the first place due to his lack of income and lack of training. And they're now suing Robinhood in a lawsuit that uh, Robinhood lures in inexperienced investors and encourages them to take big risks without providing sufficient customer support and investment guidance. Now, it's difficult to know how much of a chance this wrongful death lawsuit really has, but it's absolutely true that a lot of what you can do on Robinhood is very risky and very confusing. And up until recently, they'd just let anyone do whatever they wanted to without making sure they understood what they were doing. And they were promoting the shit out of options trading when they first enabled it. Yeah. And also like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if you uh, could trade on margins? Well, guess what? You can now. Yeah. Like, so before they opened up options for everyone, I think you had to have like... You had to be able to cover it. Yeah. Well... Either that or, like, I think you had to have, like, a minimum of, like, fifteen or $20,000 in your account. Mm-hmm. Which, like, yeah, if you have that much money in your, in your trading account, you're either a dumb rich guy or you actually are serious about trading. Yeah. But, like, they enabled it for anyone. It's just like, yeah, uh, as long as you got a couple hundred bucks, go for it. Yeah, go nuts. And uh, it's, it's hard to understand. It's, like... Fidelity is, like, it, you might as well be, like, reading a bunch of lawyer stuff to even enable options trading, yeah. which is good. Because it, it, be. it, it basically, when you're like, oh, let me see what options are like. They're like, whoa, 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 buddy. Here you go. You need to read all of this very yeah. carefully. I mean, like, they won't even let you fucking rent a car until you're 25. But yeah. you can you can trade options the day you turn 18. Mm-hmm. And, I don't even know if you have to be 18. Well, I it, you, you do have to be 18 in order to, like, personally trade. I, yeah, but, like, there's, there's always stories of kids being like, yeah, I just use my dad's account. Mm-hmm. Anyway... That's that's all very dark. So uh, here's a bit of a palate cleanser, though not really. Another creepy robot. Mm. Uh, this here is Cleo from a company called Engineered Arts. And they seem really proud of what they've done, despite the whole thing being absolutely horrifying. Uh, Cleo is part of Engineered Arts' Mesmer line of robots, which are basically Disneyland animatronics that you can interact with. And uh, we hate it. Uh, here's a clip. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Today I'd like to show you the latest developments from Engineered Arts. This is Clio. Clio is our latest generation of Mesmer robot. Mesmer is a modular system for entertainment robots, and Clio has it all. Hello, welcome to the future. Oh, and in case you were wondering, Clio is even creepier without skin on. Surprise! She resembles a T-800 Terminator and has a crazy amount of articulation compared to other robots, but uh, thankfully, like we said, these robots are only really meant for theme parks and attractions. For now. I just don't see the point. Like, this realistic robot shit, they've been trying it for years, and it's just... Nobody likes it. It doesn't look good. Nobody likes it. It's weird. Just make your... Every robot should look like Big Hero 6 or something. Just, like, robots don't need to look human. No. But I, I mean, I guess like putting something like this at like Disneyland from like 15 feet away. But even then, I don't like it. It, it. it makes you feel... It's unsettling. It's unsettling. There's a reason the Pirates of the Caribbean ride scared me as a child. <laughs> and it should. Yeah. Pirates are scary. <laughs> yeah. Pirates are not your friend. And they all had those big puffy cheeks that, with the blown out like red alcoholic... Yeah. Uh, rosacea from yeah. all that rum. Yeah. Anyways, uh, speaking of the Uncanny Valley, uh, Epic Games teased a new product this week for their Unreal Engine, which allows game designers and VFX artists to create virtual people. And uh, the level of detail and customization is 
absolutely insane. It's called MetaHuman Creator, and while it's still only as believable as like Princess Leia and Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One, what's insane is that it's realistic in real time. This is all just on the fly. Mm-hmm. It's basically an RPG character creator, but the real-time photorealistic lighting and textures make it look like the finished product from a feature-length Hollywood blockbuster. It's insane. And it's all based in the cloud. So uh, you could artists have the same quality working in this on like a shitty old laptop than they would on a brand new machine. It's mm-hmm. all done in the cloud. As long as their internet connection is good, they can do it. As soon as I saw this, I was like, me and Elliot are going to be able to host this show when we're 80 and look exactly the same as we do now. Yeah. But just like from the retirement home in a lazy boy. Yeah, this is, this is fucking wild. Like the fact that it's real time. Like if you've ever worked on in any sort of like 3D modeling, like it's it's so slow. It's such a slow fucking process. But even like old video editing, like the first when I first started smoking was because we used to have to take render breaks. Yeah. This so is, it's just like you're in. Nobody's smoking anymore. And it's like they just keep working. And uh, yeah, Unreal. I mean, after the stuff with. The Mandalorian, like, mm-hmm. probably gonna see them more and more take over Hollywood VFX because it's yeah. just like it's just so much faster. The amount of time that goes into rendering shit gotta be expensive. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for this week's tech news. Best part about these uh, renders? Unproblematic. Unproblematic. <laughs> Anyways, we'll get into that on uh, News Dump. Uh, Anyways, that's it for Tech News this week. Please check out our uh, other videos over here. Uh, We have a weekly weird news. We have uh, the inside uh, beginning scoop of the stuff that we updated, uh, along along with some other stuff about Rudy Giuliani being a drunk asshole over there. Check those out. Subscribe to the channel. We'll see you next time. Bye.